Yes, Lord, keeps ringing in my soul. I say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, keeps ringing. Yes, Lord, keeps ringing in my soul. Oh, yes, Lord, keeps ringing. I say, yes, Lord. I say, yes. One of these months, I'm going to have a Sunday night service. No offense, Luke. I'm going to bring in some old school musicians. You can play alongside them. See if I can find Ricky Connors, Ricky Welch, one of them guys. In old lead guitar player. Verse 19 through 22. Are you there? You ought to get your air instrument. teach you something today. I want to show you something. First Kings 20 verse 19 through verse 22. You tired? Well, y'all can imagine going to a Pentecostal church on a Sunday night. Dance for two or three hours. After you ate. Stuff coming up, man. I gotta get. (laughs) 
Hey. I got to tell They said we don't need no music, but they can't even find a beat with no music. So just. They, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Catholic, Pentagon can't even find no beat. All right, 1 Kings 20. All right. Now I'm going to give y'all a Sunday night. We'll do it a Sunday night. Sunday night. We'll do a Sunday night somewhere. We're going to have a whole Holy Ghost service. We have a Holy Ghost service. There's no holes barred. All right. Are you there? 1 Kings 20. Okay, let's read together. Verse 19. Shh. 19 through 22. Y'all got to down. Some people got to go eat. Okay. Are you there? Okay, let's read verse 19 through 22 together. Ready? Read. Then these young leaders of the provinces went out of the city with the army which followed them, and each one killed his man. So the Syrians fled, and Israel pursued them. And Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, escaped on a horse with the cavalry. Then the king of Israel went out and attacked the horses and chariots and killed the Syrians with a great slaughter. Verse 22. And the prophet came to the king of Israel and said to him, Go strengthen yourself, take note, and see what you should do. For in the spring of the year, the king of Syria will come up against you. So again, in verse, verse 19, the young leaders, they led him out into this victory. Verse 21, uh, king of Israel, they went out and they attacked and they, they, they won with a great slaughter. But I want you to note verse 22 says, And the prophet came to the king of Israel and said to him, Go, strengthen yourself. Take note and see what you should do, for in the spring of the year, the king of Syria will come up against you. I want you to tell your neighbor, say neighbor, neighbor. Win, win or lose, or lose. The, devil wants a the devil wants a rematch. Tell somebody else, win or lose, the devil wants a rematch. It's coming. Thank you, Lord, today for the word we're about to receive. Thank you, Father, that our victory is assured because our victory is in Jesus Christ. You've given us the wonderful gift of faith which, by which we overcome the world. So thank you today that, God, I pray that each heart would be ready to receive what you say to us today. We're positioned, we're prepared, and so we receive now today. Speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. The devil wants a rematch. In November 2019, this last year, it was a little more than 12 months ago, I taught a message series entitled Resistant Faith. I don't know how many of you remember that, Resistant Faith. And I use, one of the scriptures I use as a reference scripture is 1 Peter chapter 8, verse 9, first part of verse 9, where Peter says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about as or like, like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, verse 9 says, steadfast in the faith. I'll read it again. Be sober, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. Be sober, be vigilant, 
Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, resist him steadfast in the faith. Now, I want you to just, this is just a little theological point here, grammatical point, that all the verbs in those two verses are in the present perfect tense. If you understand the present perfect tense, it's, it means it's continual. It's continual. It's not past tense. It's not present tense, meaning something that is now only. It means something that is now and will and continues. So when you read here 1 Peter 5, verse 8, it says, be sober. He didn't say get sober. He said, be sober. Continue to be sober. Be, don't get, don't just become vigilant. Be. Continue to be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, walks See this present perfect tense? About like a roaring lion seeking continuously. Whom he may devour continuously. Then in verse 9, resist him continuously. That's what it means to be steadfast in the faith. Or why you have to be steadfast in the faith? Because it's a continual attack. A continual coming. If you've been saved any good amount of time, I mean past 30 days, in fact past three days, past 30 minutes, you've come under attack of the enemy. Can I get a witness on that? Because, and he's not only going to come once, but he's going to come again and again. That Present perfect tense is the same tense we see in another scripture, James chapter 4 and verse 7. James chapter 4 and verse 7. Media can put it on the screen for us, please. James 4 verse 7 where James writes this. He says, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil. It's the same tense. Submit or continue to submit to God. Resist the devil. Continue to, to resist the devil. And he will flee from you. He will continue to flee from you. That's good news right there. If I continue to submit, I, can, I will, that, that, that submission is my resistance and it will cause a devil to flee. Not just one time, but again and again and again. Now, what's the reason then why, remember when I preach resistant faith, why is it that our faith must be resistant. It's because your adversary is persistent. Your faith must continue to resist because your enemy is going to continue to come against you. Am I right about this this morning? Satan is relentless. He's, he's out to steal. The Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief cometh, cometh. In the King James, cometh, cometh. That's continuously. The thief cometh to steal and to kill, come on, and to destroy. But I have come. I came one time and took care of what he's going to continue to do. Are you catching this here? So the thief cometh. That's King James. He keeps coming. He comes. 
So tell your neighbor, he's coming back at you. <laughs> because you might want to quit, but he's not a quitter. I heard one time it said that Kenneth E. Hagan, we call Pop Hagan, one time somebody, they, they said, Kenneth Hagan, such a nice man, such a pleasant man that he always spoke well of everyone. There was nobody he'd ever speak ill of. And they said, I bet, they were talking to him, they said, I, I bet you have something good to say about the devil. And he said, well, he is a persistent cuss. In other words, I can at least say that about him. He's, he is persistent. How many of y'all know the devil is persistent? That's why your resistance must continue. Because how the devil works is if he can't get you one way, come on now, come on now, he's going to come out for you another way. Put the scripture on the, on the screen for me, please. 2 Corinthians 7. You don't have to turn there. They can put it on the screen for us. Because the devil is very tricky. He's very cunning. And he's relentless. And he's, he's in hot pursuit of you. He's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. So if he doesn't get you one way, he's going to always come against you another way. In 2 Corinthians 7 verse 4, this is what Paul says. He says, great is my boldness of speech towards you. Great is my boasting on your behalf. He says, I'm filled with comfort. I am exceedingly joyful in what? All our tribulation. This is a man of God and saying all our tribulation. In other words, being a man of God, a woman of God does not exempt you from tribulation. I don't care how much of a faith giant you are. You're going to have tribulation. Verse 5, for indeed when we came to Macedonia, our bodies had no rest. My flesh, he said in the King James, we had no rest. But we were troubled on every side, outside were conflicts, inside. Other words, he's saying, not inside him, inside the church. Outside the church, we had conflicts, but inside the church, we had fears. There was trouble on every side. Other words, if the devil can't get at you outside the church, can I get a witness? The devil knows if he can't get at you directly, he'll try to work through your spouse. Don't just look straight ahead. He'll try to work through your children. Get your boss, coworker, neighbor, friend, classmate. Because he's trying to get to you. And the first trick he, tri he tried didn't work, but he didn't quit. Y'all got it? He knows if he can't stop you this time, he'll try again another, another time. There's a scripture we know in Luke 4. Put this on the screen, please. Luke 4, 1 and 2, about Jesus. Luke 4, verse 1 and 2. It says, then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Verse 2. Being tempted for 40 days by the devil, and in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was Hungry. So here comes Satan with three temptations. First thing, turn this stone into bread. Then he talks about throwing himself up a mountain and, you know, he gives him everything and all his different things he, he offers Jesus. But look at verse 13. Verse 13, please. 
says, now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. In simple English, what it means, Jasmine, is that he left him for a time. He said, okay, I, I couldn't get him now. Why? Jesus Christ had been fasting for the day, so he's on a spiritual high. He's fasting for the day, so his, his spiritual muscle is real strong. He's, Jesus is thick in the spirit. Chiseled in the spirit. Y'all know, I'm, don't, don't, don't think anything wrong. He, he's, he's, he's solid in the spirit. Now, he was hungry in the flesh. So the devil came through the flesh to try to get him. But his spirit was too strong. So he said, okay, he's strong right now. So I'm going to look for a more opportune time. I'm going to come back for a better opportunity. Y'all hear what I'm saying to you this morning? Because the devil's going to come at you. When you've been your strongest, he'll come at you and realize, okay, you're strong right now. I'll come back another time. <laughs> I don't know how many of y'all old enough to remember there's this uh, cartoon we used to watch when I was a kid called Inspector Gadget. Inspector Gadget. How many of y'all remember Inspector Gadget's arch nemesis? Dr. Claw. That was his prime enemy, number one. And Dr. Claw would do his best to come against Inspector Gadget. And Inspector Gadget was a buffoon. Y'all know that. Remember, he was a buffoon. But he had the little, his, his team, Penny, and what was a dollar? The Brain. Penny was a little girl, and Brain was a little dog. And Penny and the Brain were always the ones who worked everything out. Inspector Gadget didn't know he was, he was messed thing up. He was like Barney Fife with all kind of stuff. And inevitably, they'd win. They'd defeat Dr. Claw. Dr. Claw, this famous line, he'd always say, I'll get you next time, Gadget, next time. Y'all remember that? He, every episode closed every day like that. You couldn't wait to hear him say, I'll get you next time, Gadget, next time. That means Dr. Claw, even though he lost, said, I'm coming back. I need a rematch. I want y'all to see this here today because I want you to know that win or lose, the devil wants a rematch. And many of you don't even realize because you're not, you're not thinking spiritually. Not, I'm not picking on you. Please just let me explain what I'm saying. You're not thinking spiritually. So when something happens, you're not thinking the fact that it's the devil doing it. I was telling the prayer team or the prayer group on Wednesday, I was talking about how uh, I learned something from my spiritual parents. This used to be so, so crazy to me when I first met them and first started hanging around them, how, um, you know, dad or mom, they, they, they would sneeze, the Derbers, they sneeze. And I'd be, bless you. Well, that's not how they, 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 they sneeze. They go, I bind you, Satan. You get out of here in Jesus' name. My body, my body is healed. And I mean, they go through a whole long confession Jesus bore my sickness bore my pains bore my punishment by the stripes I am healed in Jesus name and I'm thinking it was a sneeze you sneezed 
But see, they were more discerning spiritually, and they, they have been, than I was. They understood anything out of the ordinary, out of common functionality, is an attack of the enemy. That went over somebody's head, but you better grab it. Anything. Look, pain. Well, I'm just getting older. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. Well, my eyes getting weaker because I'm getting old. What? What? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, Moses at 120, the Bible says his eyes were not dim. At 120, you, on, you ain't 45 years old. Somebody, well, you know, I'm getting, getting older. Are y'all hear what I'm saying to you? You see, so you don't even realize many times you've been under attack, been in a battle, and you lost it. But even if you lost it, the devil said, I'm still coming back for a rematch. I'm going to give you a rematch. Because I'm out to steal and to kill and to destroy. But if you win, some of you don't even know that you've won battles. I won a battle? Yeah. Like when that thought came to you to slap somebody, fire their mouth, and you didn't do it? I better come on this side over here. Y'all got it. Y'all got it. They ain't enough. Like when that thought came to you, you were going to cuss somebody up, that up one side, down the other, and you didn't do it? You, was, you just won a battle. And guess what? The devil wants a rematch. He's coming back 30 minutes from now. Tell your neighbor this. Say, neighbor. neighbor. Either, either you just came out of a battle, or you're in a battle, or you're about to go into one. Period. The devil wants a rematch. He's going to always come. If you think that getting saved, getting Holy Ghost filled, and going to church all of a sudden gives you this immunity, from battles. No, baby, you are target number one. You move right up to the top of his hit list. So the devil wants a rematch with you. So you then have to make sure, and I have to make sure, that I'm spiritually and mentally prepared to see him again. Because when you went through that battle, if you won, it took something out of you. If you lost, it took a lot more out of you. Y'all missed it. If you lost, it took a lot more out of you. Y'all got it? Okay, so 1 Kings 20, where we've been looking at this uh, story here. Told you we were making our way through this chapter here. 1 Kings 20, verse 1. We, we see the whole scenario built here where Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered his forces together. Thirty-two kings were with him with horses and chariots, and he went up and besieged Samaria and made war against it. So remember that? I showed you how the king came, King Ben-Hadad came against uh, Ahab and, and Israel and made war. He said, I'm taking your wives, your finest wives, he said, your children, all your money. I'm taking everything. And then at first he conceded, didn't deny him. 
and then the leader said, the, the, rather the elders and the people said, hey, don't listen to him and don't consent. So he changed and said, all right, now I start talking, you know, selling wolf tickets. Then the, the prophet comes and tells him, hey, you know, God's going to use some young leaders to rescue you or to save you, right? Verse 14, verse 14 where he told him that. Here, let me get to it here. Ahab said, by whom? How, in other words, how are you going to save me? He said, the young leaders of the provinces are going to do it. Okay? Now, what happened, we read verse 19 or 20 earlier today. Then these young leaders of the provinces, or provinces rather, went out of the city with the army which followed them, and each one killed his man, the Syrians fled. Now, I want you to remember if you were here Wednesday, I think it was, I showed you how that, when it said young leaders, it was talking about boys, lads. Boys, lads, I mean, he used kids. Now, I want you to imagine how embarrassing it must have been to Ben Haddad, who's this big bad king, who's a bully, and he gets run off by a bunch of little boys. <laughs> I mean, he's talked about all he's going to do. I'm not going to leave enough dust in this city for everybody to have a cup full. And he looks up at these little boys. God uses little, God sent boys to do a man's job. Y'all missed it. God sent boys to do a man's job. Why? Because he didn't want any glory to be had by men. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So God will always use something that doesn't make any sense to bring victory into your life. Okay? Now remember what happened in verse 13, though. Verse 13, how did he know to use these boys? Because verse 13 says suddenly a prophet approached. Everybody say a prophet approached. Okay, so they got the instruction and the wisdom from or through a prophet. Let's call him a man of God. Okay, now they go out, they fight, and they win the fight. Okay, now look down please at verse where, where, we, where we focus today in verse 22. Verse 22 said, and the prophet. Remember verse 13, suddenly a prophet. Now that was before the attack. Y'all listen? Before the attack happened, they got a prophetic word. Now they got the victory, and here comes another prophetic word. Now I need to point that out because what so many people make the mistake of doing is they hear prophetic voices when they're in the mess. When they're in the trouble, they seek prophetic voices. But once they get on the other side of that, they get their victory. Now all of a sudden, they get all a sense, and they don't need a prophetic voice anymore. But I have news for you. Remember Hosea uh, 12, verse 13? The Bible says that by a prophet, God brought them out, and by a prophet, they were preserved. So God will use a prophetic voice a man, woman of God, whatever he'll use to bring you out of a mess, but you need that same prophetic voice after you're out of it to keep you. Okay, let me, let me help somebody here because you're still struggling. In um, 2 Kings, I believe it's chapter 4, when this woman who had uh, two sons 
and her husband had died, left them seriously deep in debt. And she cried out to the man of God and said, sir, you know, my, my, my husband was, my husband served God. He was one of, your, one of your sons in the ministry. And he's died and we got this debt now. The creditors come and take my sons away from me. And he said, what do I have to do with you? And he said, what do you have in your house? You remember this story? She said, I got this little pot of oil. He said, go borrow vessels, you and your sons. Go and lock, lock yourselves in the room. Borrow many vessels and pour out. They did that. So they got all this oil now, but she had enough sense to go back to the same man of God and say, all right, what now? <laughs> so what the devil will have you do, because he knows he's coming back. Y'all missed that. What the devil will have you do, watch online, watch online. What the devil will have you do, because he knows he's coming back, is let you get a few victories under your belt, but then have you disconnect. From your man or woman of God, from a prophetic voice. So when he comes back, you have no voice. Y'all got this here. So in 1 Kings 20, verse 22, 1 Kings 20, verse 22, watch this. And the prophet came. Everybody say the prophet came. The prophet came. This is after the, after the battle, after the victory. He came to the king of Israel and said to him, go, strengthen yourself, take note, and see what you should do. For in the spring of the year, the king of Syria will come up against you. In other words, the prophetic voice let him know that the devil wants a rematch. Now, that's not very encouraging. I wish I could preach a more encouraging or use a more encouraging title. I, I, I probably broke my flight school rules in giving you, using this title. I did. I, I broke my own rules. But I, I tried to change it three times, two or three times, and it kept going back to this. No, just tell them straight up, the devil wants a rematch. I got to tell you, plain English, that win or lose, the devil wants a rematch. So don't get comfortable in your victory and don't get stuck in your defeat because the devil wants a rematch. He's coming back against you again because he cometh to steal and to kill and to destroy. And no matter how high you are from your victory or how low you are from your, your defeat, you better get yourself back ready. Because he's coming back against you once again. So notice, notice what it said here. He said this first instruction to him was, go strengthen yourself. Tell your neighbor, you got to go strengthen yourself. That, that last battle took a toll on you. I wonder if I have any witnesses in here. Anybody here been through any battles this year? Come on, let me see your hand if you've been through a battle this year. I guarantee you that last battle, those last few battles have taken a toll. Y'all ain't saying much to me. It, it be, truth be told, it took, it took something out of you. you, you, got, you anybody ever got, got hit and they took the wind at you? Whoa, Lord have mercy. I wasn't, I wasn't looking for that hit right there. 
I got sucker punch, low blow, and I mean, come on. Any real battle is going to take something out of you. Win or lose. I want you to get your minds out of and over this uh, um, easy road Christianity where you think there's not going to be any trouble. There's going to be trouble. But faith is the victory that overcomes the world. That's why you have the faith. So you can fight the good fight. So you can fight the good fight. Of faith. So notice he says, go strengthen yourself. Tell your neighbor you got to go strengthen yourself. In other words, you got to replenish. You got to go and get built back up again. Because Satan knows. Now listen to me. Some of you, you won some battles this year. But Satan knows that you and I can be very vulnerable right after a victory. Because we get relaxed. And because we've expended a lot of energy, we've expended a lot of spiritual energy. Plus, we're likely feeling real good about ourselves. We're feeling real confident about ourselves. Praise God, I cast out a devil this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God, God, use me to prophesy. Hallelujah. You're feeling all like Superman. The devil said, oh, you're feeling good. I'm talking to the right bunch this morning. I noticed for even my, in my life, when I've had some of the greatest challenges have been after a day, man, the Holy Ghost has moved and power of God has moved and I felt like I'm on a spiritual high. All of a sudden, bam, what, what was that? The devil comes after you. You remember, I'm, I'm going to take you a little, another little road. Get, get on the media, get... Uh, 2 Samuel, please. 2 Samuel 21. 2 Samuel 21. I'm going to show you something here. Remember in 1 Samuel 17, there was a man, young man we know as David, a young leader. He went out and fought a giant named Goliath. Whipped him. Beat him. Took him down. Cut his head off. Fed his corpse to the birds. Then marched on and gave the children of Israel victory over all the Philistines. All of Goliath's people. Now David had great conquests. But I want you to look at 2 Kings, or 2 Samuel rather, chapter 21. Beginning at verse 15. Hallelujah, let me get there. 2 Samuel 21, beginning at verse 15. I want you to notice what it says here. It says, when the Philistines... War at war again. Somebody shout again. So that means they've been at war before. David whipped up Goliath one time. They're at war again with Israel. David and his servants with him went down and fought against the Philistines. And watch, here it is. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. David grew faint. David was tired. I'm telling you the devil is looking for that opportune time 
when he finds you faint, when he finds you weary, when he finds you tired, because he knows you're very vulnerable at that time. How do I know? Watch the very next verse. Verse 16 says, Then Ishbi Benob, who was one of the sons of the giant, remember the giant David killed? Now one of his sons, the weight of whose bronze spear was 300 shekels, who was bearing a new sword, watch this, thought he could kill David. Why did he think that? Because he saw... If you don't think the devil is spying you out, if you don't think the devil has scouts on your street, scouts at your job, scouts in your neighborhood, scouts around you, he's watching. To watch to see how tired you are or how strong you are. He knew when Jesus Christ was that strong. Okay, I got to back off for, for a time when he's weak. He's watching. And the Bible says when David was faint, they thought they could kill him. Verse 17. But Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, Zeruiah rather, came to his aid and struck the Philistine and killed him. Thank God somebody came and helped him. Thank God for intercessors. That's what intercessors do. Intercessors come to the aid of those who may be weak. That's why we bother to go through this whole prayer time in service. Why we got to do this? Let me just, I just show up after that time. Selfish bum. Maybe you're not going through, but somebody may be weak and need your assistance. So thank God somebody came to his aid. I'm glad somebody came to my aid when I was down and And struck the Philistine and killed him. Now watch this, Deacon Robert. Then the men of David swore to him, saying, Hey, you shall not, you shall go out no more with us to battle, lest you quench the lamp of Israel. Hey, you can't go out. Look. David, you stay back at the, at the palace. We got you from here on out. We gotta protect our lamp. We gotta protect our light. If one of if one of us get killed, the thing will still go on. But if you get killed. We can't afford to have you out there tired and weak and worn out and the devil's going to win. You remember when, when Moses was out there leading a battle, or Joshua was leading a battle rather, and Moses had, he put his hands up. And the Bible says as long as he had his hands up, Israel prevailed. But when his hands went down, Israel began to lose. And, and, and Aaron and her saw that. He said, hey, you notice every time Moses does this, we winning. Every time his hands go down, we start losing. They said, hey, Moses, come here. They sit a, a rock right there, sit on this rock. They got one on either side. I'm going to hold your hand up. I'm going to hold your hand up. I'm not going to let you get tired. I'm not going to let you get weary. I'm not going to let you get worn out because if you do, we all lose. And what everybody needs is somebody who will come alongside them. Every leader needs that. 
don't think I appreciate intercessors? As much hell I got to deal with? You don't think I need intercessors praying for me morning and noon and night and seven days a week? Everybody want to be an honor bearer carrying books, carrying purses, carrying my arms, baby. Carrying, hold up this. <laughs> thank you, Lord. I said, thank you, Lord. So they came to his aid and struck the Philistine and killed him. And they said, hey, you don't go out no more. You, you just stay back here. We got it. Verse 18. Everybody say rematch. Now it happened afterward that there was again a battle with the Philistines at God. Then Sibachai, the Hushathite, killed Saph, who was one of the sons of the giant. And son said, we're going we're to avenge our daddy. Verse 19, again, this is another one, everybody say this is another one. Again, there was a war at God with the Philistines, where Elhanah, the son of Jair Oregon, the Bethlehemite, killed the brother of Goliath, the Gittite. Now, it, it says brother, but I don't, I, I don't believe that was his brother. I believe that was another son, and we'll see why later. It says the shaft of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. Verse 20. Yet again, everybody say rematch. See, the devil is relentless. He's going to keep coming at you. This is what I want you to see. He's going to keep coming at you. You can't ever rest on your laurels. Yet again, there was a war at Gath where there was a man of great stature. This is another one of them giants who had six fingers on each hand. Six toes. He probably had to wear sandals all the time. They don't make no shoes with no six toes. On each foot, 24 in number, 24 digits. And he also was born to the giant. So when he defied Israel, Jonathan, I like that, the son of Shemaiah, David's brother, this is David's nephew, killed him. Verse 22. These four, that's why I said that guy who they said brother was actually his son, because it says these four were born to the giant in Gath and fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. But what I want you to see was rematch after rematch after rematch after rematch after rematch. So I wanted you to see with David too why you have to strengthen yourself. Thank you, Holy Ghost. First Samuel 30, don't you turn there. David, Ziglag, where he had set up, came under attack. Men came, took his wives, took his children, all the men's wives, all the men's children, and all their stuff. Went off. They're crying. The men are weeping. They're going to stone David. But the Bible says David strengthened himself in the Lord. He had to stop. Before he went to do anything, he had to strengthen himself the Lord. So when the prophet tells Ahab, hey, you better strengthen yourself, it means you better gird yourself back up. I know you won, but you better you use, you use strength, you use energy to win. Or if you lost, it took a lot out of you, even in losing. How many of y'all will admit you've lost a few? 
Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. I lost it. I lost it. Now, let's go back. Oh, man. Let me get back to my place. 1 Kings 20, verse 22. Try to finish this right here. I, I, want, I really want to finish this today. It says, verse 22, And the prophet came to the king of Israel and said to him, Go strengthen yourself. Then he said, Take note and see what you should do. Okay, so not only do you need to get stronger, but I need you to take note. I want you to make an assessment. And then see what you should do or get a strategy in place, get a plan in place, because you're going to be faced with a challenge again. Oh, man. Glory to God. In other words... Don't let your guard down. Prepare for the next attack. In fact, do me a favor, Medias. Give me, give me this same verse 22, please, in the Message Bible. In the Message Bible. It says, sometime later, the prophet came to the king of Israel and said, on the alert now, build up your army. Now watch this. Assess your capabilities. This is what a good general has to do, Deacon Gershaw. This is what, when a president is going to go to war, he meets with his secretary of defense and all those other people he needs in the war room. They got to assess what can we do. If they fought one battle, they got to go back and look and see, how do we do? What do we need to fix? He says, and see what has to be done before the year is out. The king of Aram, Syria, will be back in force. So on the alert now. Now, 1 Peter 5, verse 8 and 9, we read that earlier. I want you to see it in the, in the uh, Message Bible, the same translation. 1 Peter 5, verse 8 and 9. I hope this helps y'all. It says, Peter says, keep a cool head, stay alert. Why? The devil is poised to pounce, crouching tiger. And would like nothing better, catch this, than to catch you napping. Caught him sleeping. Caught him slipping. Caught him slipping. Caught him slipping. I mean, I, my son showed me a video. This guy, they had a little boxing match. I don't know why this guy caught, put himself in the ring. Uh, Nate, uh, Nate, what's his name? Nate Robinson. Why this basketball player got in the ring with this other guy who's, who's a boxer, at least was a boxer. I mean, got in the ring with this guy. Why did he do this? Because that man dropped him like, like a, that man was sleep on the mat. Just, I mean, he had danced around like he's gonna do something. He talked big. I seen him talk big game. Boop. See, caught him slipping, left him napping. He said, "Watch this. Keep your guard up. Why? Because the enemy that you faced 
is coming back. So whether you won or lost, it's coming for a rematch. Now, if you lost, you want a rematch. Come on now, help me out. If you lost before, you want a rematch. Oh, there are times I've asked God, God, oh, please, I beg God, give me another chance. Time, times when I've misspoken, times when I've spoken out of pride or out of arrogance and I, I, I went, you know, too far in talking. And I said, Lord, give me another chance. I blew that one. I, I blew that. I should not have said that. I should not have treated that person that way. And I'm begging you, Lord, give me another chance. And he always does. In other words, I want the same scenario again, and this time I'm going to do it right. I'm not going to lose this time. Isn't God good for that? So keep your guard up. Now, go back to the, to the New King James. And we're going to round this out here. I know it's late, but just give me 15. Give me 15. He said, go, go back to, to 1 Kings 20 and verse 22, please, in the New King James Version. 1 Kings 20, verse 22, the New King James Version. Because this is what he says here. I want you to note this. He says, go, strengthen yourself, take note, take note, and see what you should do. Now, this is right after the battle. Now, if you ever played on a, on a sports team or coached one, then when a team wins, a good coach gives his team a brief time to celebrate. Guys, go out and celebrate tonight, have a good time, but first thing tomorrow morning, we're going to be back in the field, we're going to be going to a right. Because he knows there's a game next week. And if you celebrate all week, you won't be prepared for the next week. If you stop your conditioning, stop your uh, training, you'll be weak when it comes to the next battle and there's another, another battle coming. Now, if you win the Super Bowl, you can relax and enjoy all you want to. You just enjoy, enjoy. But as long as there's a game next week. Tell your neighbor, there's a game next week. Tell them you might have one when you leave here today. Unscheduled game, and you didn't even know about it. It's because that enemy is coming against you, he hates you. Some of you, you're gonna have a pop quiz by the time you get in the car today. I guarantee you. So, what a coach does is he says, You go, you celebrate, and then, but we got to go back and prepare. So, notice. That the prophet told a man, told, told king, the king Ahab was, take note and see what you should do. See what you should do. So I got to make sure, here's what I do. I, I must assess or evaluate myself. I've got to assess or evaluate myself, my, if you allow this, my performance. And I got to think this through. I got to go back and review the film. Isn't that what coaches do? Yes. While you out celebrating, the coach is back home reviewing the film. He's watching. Okay, I got to check that and check and see. Okay, I saw, saw some little things we need to change here or whatever. He's, he's reviewing film. 
So I have to go. This is what you and I got to do. Because you just had a battle. Right? You remember when, when, when that person ticked you off and you cussed them out? Just look straight ahead. That, they ticked you off, you cussed them out. And you had told God, I'm never cussing again. I better come over here. And you had told God, I ain't never cussing again. But the battle came, the battle raging, and some came up from the inside. It wasn't the Holy Ghost. And you spoke in other tongues and it wasn't the Spirit of God. Oops. See, and if you never go back in your mind and review the film, and I mean, and when they review film, Deke, they don't just watch the whole thing. They'll watch, stop, watch, stop, watch, stop. They're going to watch every little, little thing. They're going to watch every little, they're going to pause, pause, play, pause, play, pause, play, pause, play, because they'll watch of every little detail. Where did this guy go? And if you don't go back over that time and say, how did I miss it? How did I miss my way of escape? Come on now, somebody here, don't, don't, don't raise your hand. Fell into sin. And if you don't go back and review the tape. Oh, I man, I, I missed. Oh, that was, a, that was a way of escaping. I missed it. Oh, my God. Because you, you, you're feeling so bad about, oh, Lord, what I do, what I do, how do I do, I let you down. But you got to go back over your film and review. Is this helping three people in here today? I got to find out what point, at what point, at what point did I not take that way of escape? At what point did I accept more of what the devil was feeding me instead of cutting him off? I got to go back in my own mind and review the film. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, review the film. Because it's still in your mind. It's called a memory. See, before the game, it's called an imagination. But after the game, it's called a memory. See, if you didn't cast down imagination, now you got to review the memory. Uh oh, where did I miss it? I know y'all, Holy Ghost sanctified, filled with the blood of Jesus Christ and purged with the blood and running on, but you have memories of where you missed it. So I got I to assess myself. And I got to see, okay, okay, I got to review. I got to review. So in my last battle, how, did I waver in faith? Put up Hebrews 10.23, please, media. Hebrews 10.23. I want you to see what it says here. It says, let us hold fast, <coughs> excuse me, the confession or profession of our faith, of our hope without wavering. Now, I'm, I'm reading it, but I'm thinking King James, which says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. So you have to hold fast. Why you got to hold fast? Because you're in a battle. So you got to hold fast your confession without wavering. So when you were in a battle, what were you speaking? Now, I'm not talking about something where, you know, you slipped into something. I'm talking about some long-running thing like the devil is coming and putting symptoms of sickness on your body and telling you it's going to be this, it's going to be that. But what are you speaking? 
What are you speaking? Come on now, what are you speaking? Have you made a concession speech? Or are you maintaining your confession? Did you start agreeing with Satan or did you stick to agreeing with the word of God? Because I, I'm commanded to hold fast my confession without wavering. Because he who promises faithful. That means if I, can, if I can hold out and endure to the end, God's going to give me the victory guaranteed. But I have to hold out and endure to the end. How many times did I fumble by my bad speech? Romans 4, 20 and 21. Romans 4, 20 and 21. Notice what it said. This is about Abraham, our father in the faith. It says, he, Abraham, did not waver, did not waver at the promise of God. How many of y'all know you have a promise from God? Promises from God. It said, through unbelief. So, when I review, was I in belief or did I have an unbelief in there? If I had unbelief, it was because I was not being strengthened in faith by giving glory to God. So what was my praise like? Oh, y'all didn't say anything. What was my praise like? It said he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Verse 21, verse 21, I got to keep moving, I got to keep moving. And being fully convinced that what he had promised he was also able to what? To perform. So what was my praise like during that last battle? How does faith come? Hearing what? So my word level determines my faith level. And my faith level affects my praise level. So if I have little word, then I have little faith. And if I have little faith, I have little praise. Praise will steal the avenger. Praise will silence the enemy. Praise is a weapon, Elder Baker. But you can't praise if you don't have no faith. And you don't have no faith because you don't have no word. Ah, oh, shaman. Okay? Now, Let's round this out here. So win or lose, here's what good, I, I was a coach, baseball, we didn't have film. There's a little league. Little league, you don't have no film. But if you're high school coaches and above, they have film, game film. So what they do is, and we, st we even did this as coaches, even without film. We reviewed how the kids played that day. And we analyzed every part of, of, the, of the game. So those who play football, you played football, uh, Manasseh would speak about this. NFL prospect right there. Number one draft pick, right? He perked up then, praise him. A coach analyzes all three facets of his team. Offense, defense, and special teams. How do they perform? Do we lose the game on offense? Do we lose it on defense? Do we lose it on special teams? Or do we win it because of a great offense performance, offensive performance, defensive performance? Or did our special teams just do an outstanding job today? Let me show you this. You have an offense. You have a defense. 
Yeah, special teams. See, because this is what you got to analyze after your battle. Win or lose. Why? Because the enemy wants a rematch. He's coming back. I used to I used to hate, man, every year. I, I didn't say I hate it. I, I, I look forward to it, but I hated the, the anxiety leading up to it. And every time, every year, Florida State would play Miami. This is back in the day. Right now, this stuff don't even matter. But back in the day, when you had Bobby Bowden playing against anyone, I'm sorry, coaches, they had Miami. They, they, every year, it didn't matter. The game of the year, Florida State against Florida, and Florida State against Miami. It was just, it didn't matter because we were going to beat both of them. So it didn't matter back in, back, in, back in the day. Every once in a while we had something called, you know, we, met, we missed a couple. When I say we Florida State, wide left, wide right. What I'm talking about, the kicker, we, we lose a game on a field goal. A missed field goal, special teams. And so they had to bring in a new kicker. No, bring a new kicker, you know. We did well. Offense played well. Defense played well. Get to the special teams and boom, we lose the game. See, so you had to analyze every facet. Everybody say, I have an offense. Ephesians 6 verse 17 says that you and I have the sword of the spirit, which is, which is what? That's an offensive weapon. So the question for you is, and for me is, in my last battle, how proficient was I with the word of God? Not how much did I read it. Not how much of it did I know. How much of it did I use? Y'all missed it. Not how much did I know. The words you know ain't going to get you out of a battle. It's the words you use. It's the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword is not defense. The sword is offensive. So how much, how skillful were you in the use of the word of God? Okay, Jesus Christ being tempted by Satan in Luke chapter 4. Every time Satan came against him, Jesus said, it is written. So when you face a battle, you better have some it is written on the inside of you. Thank God for the Holy Ghost who brings back to our remembrance the things that he said to us. So if you have studied, if you have meditated the word of God in the right moment, the Holy Ghost knows how to bring that word back up. For you to use it, not just know it. Tell your neighbor you got to use it. Which means you better know it. I don't have time to read the word. Well, what's you going to fight with? Because the only offensive weapon you have in your arsenal is the word. What's you going to fight with your good looks? You ain't that good looking, bro. Sis, you're not that good looking. You're cute. But your good looks are nothing against the devil. Oh, your intelligence? The Bible says Satan was the most cunning. He's the most cunning of all creatures. Your intelligence will not outwit the devil. I don't care if you're a Mensa student. You're in the Mensa society. You have a 175 IQ. It don't matter. That don't mean nothing to the devil. Your wit 
Your intelligence won't get you anything with him. He'll outwit you half sleep. So it's not that. It's are you skilled in the word of God? The Bible says those that eat, that, that eat uh, drink milk are unskilled in the word of righteousness. The Bible says strong meat belongs to those who are mature. If you're only a milk drinker, you are unskilled, the Bible says, in the word of righteousness. So you have a sword but don't know how to use it. Barney Fife in the spirit. Tell your neighbor, you need to know how to use it. You got to use his word. I got to know how to pull that word out when, when I want to go on the attack. Which means an offensive weapon, you don't wait on the enemy to attack you. I say you go on the attack against him. So how, how much word did I use against Satan? Now this is for you to answer that question in your last battle or in the minute that you face this week, this year. How much word did you use? Everybody say, I have a defense. Ephesians 6 verse 16 says, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you, you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of so that shield that God gave you of faith prevents the devil from getting cheap shots and easy shots on you. The devil's coming against you with some cheap shots. Cheap shot, he'll have somebody come say something about your mama. It's a cheap shot. Did you? Did you say something about my mama biscuits? Did you? My mama biscuits? And it was something so small and so silly, but it turns into World War III off a cheap shot. You left the toilet seat up. Cheap shot. Are we going to go to World War III because of the toilet seat? Just put it down. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I'm just telling you cheap shots. Cheap shots. It's not really even a big deal. But it's become World War III over a cheap shot. Now, I'm not going to keep giving examples because I might actually say something that is right, you know, might actually be your issue. Y'all think, he must have told, he must have told Pastor something. Ain't nobody told me nothing. So, but it says, the shield of faith quenches the fiery darts. So, it's a defense shield to protect me while I'm using the sword. So, I get all the shots in and he should get none, none in. Theoretically, we should 
leave the devil scoreless. Shut out victories. Y'all not saying anything. It should be shut out victories. Every time. Only way to ensure shut out victory is if I yield, use my shield to protect me and use my sword to strike him. But if I keep my sword tucked on, my, on my, the, the dashboard of my car, keep my sword tucked on the coffee table at home, keep my sword closed in the app on my phone, then I never use my only offensive weapon I have against the enemy. And as a coach, Elder Baker, I got to go back and analyze that. How did I do? What did I, what did I blow it? I can't keep cussing everybody out. I call myself a Christian. I can't keep cussing people out and call myself a Christian. Y'all looking like y'all looking. Pastor, just look somewhere else. Look somewhere else. I'm just picking on cussing people out. There's some other stuff y'all doing. But we can't do that and keep calling ourselves a Christian. Last thing. Last thing. Special teams. It's all in Ephesians 6. What sometimes teams, coaches call these the intangibles. It says in Ephesians 6, verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. When you pray in tongues, it's special teams. It's how you access revelation, wisdom, knowledge, understanding. It's how you know what the enemy is doing. When you pray in tongues, the Bible says, you sow mysteries. You reap revelation. Right? 1 Corinthians 14, you sow mysteries. Okay. See, there's an intangible in the spirit that you can't give them anywhere else. Um, in 2 Kings 6, there's a story of a man, a prophet, Elisha, had a servant named Gehazi. And the Bible says the king of Syria, Syria hated Israel, king of Syria is now going to come against Israel. He wants, to, he wants to fight them and destroy them. And he's got this whole plan, strategies put in place, how he's going to meet them at a certain place, and uh, they don't know it, he's going to come against them and whip them. But the Bible says that Elisha would always tell the king of Israel, hey, the king of Syria is coming to this place, they're going to be right there, and the Bible says that they'd always beat him to the punch. To the point the king of Syria got upset with his men and said, which one of y'all is the Benedict Arnold in my camp? Which one of y'all keeps telling the king of Israel what we're about to do? And they can't, hey, hey, sir, 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 your honor, your majesty. It ain't us. It's not us. We're not traitors. There's a man of God over in Israel who keeps telling his king what you're talking about in your bedroom. Which means in the spirit, God can reveal things to you 
that the enemy has set up, that the enemy has planned, that he's not telling you about, but God, by revelation, by wisdom, by instruction, through a prophet, through a man or woman of God, through your own dream, through your own vision, he'll reveal to you what's happening so you are ready now for the attack. You can sidestep. Because the enemy is going to come at you this way and God tells you, just scoop to the right. The devil is strategic. He has a plan against you. But God knows how to give you wisdom and give you instruction and give you warning and say, no, don't, don't buy that house. That house is going to be a money pit. See, now all the inspectors said, oh, it's a good deal. And the realtor said, oh, it's a great one. It's a great house. It's a great house, a great neighborhood. And the Holy Ghost come to you and say, don't you buy that house. See, but you don't get that just from head knowledge. You don't get that just from researching Zillow.com. You get that from and you pray in tongues and then you wait on the Lord until you get an answer from him and he tells you what to do. And now that enemy who had a plan to destroy you, he misses. Again and again and again. Why? Because you've engaged now special teams. You know how to stand against him. And so, here's, here's, here's the good news. If you do that, you're going to win. If you do that, you're going to prosper. But here's the bad news. Here comes a rematch. So, what you did for the last one, you got to look back and say, okay, what adjustments and what improvements do I need to make? In other words, okay, let me close right here. My wife and I, we first, okay, God opened our eyes to the word of faith. And okay, all right, we're going to walk by faith and not by sight. We're going to trust God. In those early days, if we caught a cold or something, it, it, would, it, it could hit us for two weeks. I mean, just... <clears throat> Because we're just, just now learning how to use our sword. Just picking this sword up. Just, just learning how to use the word of God. Just learning how to use our shield of faith. But the more proficient we became with that sword, the more proficient we became with that shield, that cold, those coals will go from two weeks to a week. Y'all understand this? What medicine? I'm not talking about medicine. No, I said once we learn and agree, we're going to walk by faith. We, it, was done, it was no more medicine. Y'all don't believe me. I'm just telling you this. It was, it was no more medicine. There's no more medicine. I said it was no more medicine. For 13, 15 years now. No more medicine. Matter of fact, recently they had a little, we had a little battle in our house. You know, people was getting, you know, I like they were sick. And I said, you know what the problem is, don't you? We found, we found medicine in our, in our cabinet. And y'all was using that medicine. I said, y'all are going back to medicine. What's wrong with y'all? Lazy. 
got lazy, so you went back. No, I'm not, I'm not picking on you. I'm talking about what we've learned in using the sword and, and the, and the y'all follow what I'm saying? See? Some of y'all are so tired of me talking. Well, keep losing. Keep losing. Keep losing. Just keep losing. Get something, you just keep losing. But if you want to win, I'm telling you, you got to become proficient with that sword you have. And that shield of faith you have. And what happened? Eventually, that, that cold time got down to about three days. No medicine. To the point it got down to, we got hit. Uh-oh. Last week, my wife had a sinus infection hit her. Boom. No, we're going to lay hands. We're going to use that sword. We're going to use that shield. Boom. Pray and tell them, be healed in Jesus' name. Now we know what to do. And that night is gone. Now it's one, it's one day. It's, it's okay, boom. Oh, you follow me, Santi? The more you become proficient in using your sword and using your shield, your offense starts to click. Stand to your feet. Your defense begins to click. Your special team is hitting on all cylinders. When you get a team like that, with the offense clicking, the defense clicking, the special teams clicking in the same game, you're going to win every game. You're going to be real hard to beat. Because every part of our team is clicking on all cylinders. And when you win your next match, you give God the praise. Give God the glory. You celebrate. But when you finish celebrating, go back, strengthen yourself. Take note. And see what you should do. Because the enemy is coming back again. The beautiful thing, little Jeff, about when you have these victories is now you know how to help somebody else. We're going to face the same enemy. And they're going to get the victory. Did y'all learn anything today? Did y'all get anything out of that? Y'all sure? Well, do me a favor. Make, just make me feel better. Give God a big hand of praise today for the word of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You can win. I don't care if it's temptation. I don't care if it's tribulation, a trial, sickness, attack against your marriage, against your children, against your business, against your body. I don't, it doesn't matter what it is. You can win every time. We're, we're designed and we're supposed to win every time. In the world, they have a saying, Pauline, you win some, you lose some. That's not a biblical statement. That's a worldly statement. In the Bible, it says he always causes us to triumph. Another place it says, he always gives us the victory. So we're supposed to be undefeated. But I'll admit, I've lost a few. Now, thank God the losses are fewer and far between. 
and you can always win. Amen? Amen. Lord, thank you today for your precious word. Your word is so precious to me. It's because of your word that I am, I am who I am. I don't know where I'd be without your precious word. And Father, I know that for these, your precious people, it's only by your word that we are who we are. That we have what we have, we can do what we can do. Without your word in us, building our faith, there'll be no praise and no power in our lives. And so, Father, I ask that these your people would learn more and more every day how to become skillful in the word of righteousness, how to use the word of faith that you've given us, how to be built up by the word of grace that gives us an inheritance among the saints, that God, as we learn and listen to and absorb through, manifest, through meditation the word of the kingdom, that the seed of that word gets in and totally renovates us on the inside and makes us brand new over and over and over again until we're perfectly in alignment with how we're supposed to be, live and act and walk. I pray, Father, each and every one of these, your people, would grow in grace and grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, and that, Father, every one of us will continue to strive to become all you've called us to be. Now, Father, we know the devil will love nothing more than to steal and to kill and to destroy every one of us here and those that are on the sound of my voice. But, Lord, you told Peter, Jesus said, Peter, I prayed for you. I prayed for you. I prayed for you that your faith would fail not. And when you're converted, strengthen your brethren. So, Father, thank you that Jesus is our intercessor and he's prayed for us just the same, that our faith would not fail. And just like Peter, when we are converted, we will also strengthen our brethren. We'll come to someone else's aid the same way those men came to David's aid when he was weary and tired. Thank you for intercessors and the spirit and the gift of intercession for all of us, your people. And that God will stand and hold up each other's arms and help to be a fence around these, your people. And I pray, Father, that we'll go now from victory to victory to victory to victory and never lose again. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Come on, give God a great praise today.